Fenn's mission is to reimagine the veterinary care experience and our core strategy to be able to do that is through amazing customer experience, amazing practice culture and innovation. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful, short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet, Now What? I'm your host, Dr. Brian McCauley. Have you ever wanted to own your own practice, but were met with responses of, don't do it, you're crazy, or it isn't possible in today's market? Well, in today's episode with Dr. Cody Creelman, you are about to hear a very different answer, and you're going to want to listen to it. Cody is the owner of FenVet, a multi-practice companion animal hospital in Alberta, Canada. And if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own practice from the ground up, the story of FenVet is one you're going to want to hear. So there's a lot to dive into, so let's get into it. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of So You're a Vet. Now what? I am beyond excited to welcome back to the podcast, but first time in this new season, uh, Dr. Cody Creelman. So Cody, welcome. Thank you for having me. It has been such a long time since we've caught up. A lot has happened on your end of the world, and that is really what we're talking about today. So to kind of really just jump into things, like tell us about FenVet. Where did it come from? How did it come to be? Why are we talking about it today? Yeah, no, if this should not be me sitting here. I should not be the one that created FenVet. It, as some of you have followed my career, uh, because I've been an avid social media poster for the last decade around the veterinary space, I was a cow vet. I'm just a farm boy who went into cattle practice and was obsessed with telling my story and running this uh, cattle organization. And in 2019, my world turned upside down. I left that partnership. I was also a partner of six mixed animal practices. And it really gave me an opportunity to take a moment to breathe, to redefine what I wanted to do with the next really 35 years of my career. That's how I approached this break that I took in 2019 was like, what is my perfect career? What do I want to do? So in all of that, you know, having this successful business, uh, being uh, in a leadership role, I didn't know what the future was going to hold. I have always been obsessed with veterinary medicine. It's the only thing that I love. I am very fortunate to, of course, fall in love with the profession at a very young age. And uh, part of that is the business of veterinary medicine. So as I was doing that soul searching, I was also traveling around the US just kind of... um, It was a random sort of circumstance of events where I had joined up with a couple other veterinary professionals, Danielle Lambert from the Snout Group, Dr. Dan Markwalder and Dr. Adam Conroy, who are now 
with NVP, a corporate group in the US. And we were literally traveling around the US during this transition period, talking to young veterinary professionals about the amazingness of practice ownership. And I was just getting super, super inspired and excited meeting all of these amazing veterinary professionals. But I was also getting frustrated that nobody was doing the things that we were talking about. I was like, there is so many unique opportunities to brand this clinic of your dreams and to jump into practice ownership and to create, you know, these cool practices. And I was just being met with crickets. And as that frustration built and built and built, I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. Like, I might as well be the one that does this. That's where Fen came from. That was the initial start of like, no, I love this profession with my whole heart and I want to figure out a new way to do things. So in all of that, and this, like I could talk about the genesis of Fen for three hours, but essentially I really truly thought that there was a better way to do things and I was going to work my butt off to do that. And in that I identified several things that I thought that the profession was doing poorly The first one was customer experience. I thought we weren't being super, super thoughtful in how we do customer experience as customer service providers. We're much more than just medical professionals. This is a business. This is customer service. And then also around culture. I ranked the profession super low on culture. Everything that was happening with corporate consolidation and vets retiring and I looked around and the average of practice culture was terrible. And I truly just like circled those two things and was like, this is what I'm going to double down on. And that is permeated through the mission and our core values of Fen. Fen's mission is to reimagine the veterinary care experience. And our core strategy to be able to do that is through amazing customer experience, amazing practice culture and innovation. And I took that and was very clear in that and built a companion animal practice. And then another one after that, based on that backbone, that like there is a better way to do things if we just relook at all of the problems we need to solve as a profession. Oh, my goodness. There are so many things that I can just feel my brain going like, because there's like not enough time in a 15 minute episode to go through all of this. So... Kind of like breaking this down, like I can see and like hear the passion in your voice for what you've created and what you're continuing to create, which is fantastic. And so breaking that down for our new grads and our recent grads who have maybe watched your story and they're like, I want to be a practice owner. I want to create or find my own niche within this profession. Because just like you, you like you saw a need that we had. You you saw these gaps and you said, I'm going to fill those gaps and I'm going to essentially fix, if not reinvent them. And that's where you created Fen. So I guess the the first main question that we can try and answer is when people are looking at practice ownership, like what were your whys as you created it? Like we know there were gaps, but what made it that you were like, I want to own these practices? For me, well, the business side, I just love And because business is part of veterinary medicine, and I love everything that's part of veterinary medicine. So for me, it was pretty simple that like, this was going to be something that I was going to lead. Now, the question was, is did this already exist? Was this something that I could buy? So was this an acquisition? Could I go out and buy a practice that existed already out there and mold this into what I thought needed to exist in the world? Or did I have to start from scratch? And in that, 
I recognized from the culture side, not necessarily the customer experience side, that like I didn't have the skill set to take a mediocre culture, to acquire a mediocre culture and make it great. I had been part of six practices as a practice owner in my past, acquiring practices, acquiring their cultures, and they were good cultures but I never made them great. So for me, I didn't have an option. I was like, I know I can't make a mediocre culture great. So I'm going to have to see if I can make a culture from scratch great. And I didn't know if that was going to be something that I could do or not, but I didn't have any other way because like I couldn't buy Fenbet. So I had to build it. And, you know, in that time in 2000, you know, 2020, 2021, with practice valuations screaming through, you know, 12 times EBITDA, 15 times EBITDA, 20 times EBITDA, I wasn't going to pay anybody for their practice either. And I knew I would just have to start from scratch anyway. So that's where de novo came. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to recognize, like, can I, if you just want to own a practice in your local small town, and there's one for sale, and it's good value, and it fits your why, then that's great, then you should buy that practice. But if it's something like you want to reinvent how cats are taken care of for a specific city and you want to be known as the cat vet, you can't go out and buy a dog practice and think it's going to work. No, that's really true. And no, I think those are like fantastic answers. Because I think a lot of like myself in my own stage of this career, like I'm four years out, I'm not the same uh, veterinarian that I was when I first graduated. But I feel like those whys change as you're going through the profession. And a lot of people that I've talked to that are like, I want to own a practice. I'm always have, asking that question of like, do you know your, your why? Like, why do you want to own the practice versus create a new practice? And really honing down on those questions are so, so important. So I appreciate you kind of sharing like, what was your why and like how to answer that question. So then I guess that next question would be, you kind of hinted at it, like there's a lot of corporate buyout happening in these practices. So to be fair, like there really aren't a lot of practices that are a for sale, or b actually, I guess, like fitting what a lot of us want our practices to be. Because I mean, the people who built up these practices previously, they were maybe Gen Xers, doesn't always fit the same practice cultures that my generation of veterinarians want. But all these corporates are buying them up, changing them over, and we just can't compete. So I guess that big question is, is practice ownership really attainable if you are a new grad or a recent grad? Like, do you think that's something that someone in my position can do? The biggest barrier is it's a lot of work. The number one barrier is believing in yourself. I remember getting a phone call from Dr. Alex Pop who is a veterinarian on the Eastern Seaboard. And he called me one day, he was six months out into practice. He'd been a student of mine. Uh, he traveled up to Alberta and he said, Cody, I want to buy a practice and everybody is telling me that I'm crazy. And I said, yeah, yeah you Alex, <laughs> you are, you are crazy, but you're crazy because you're only talking about buying one practice and not 10. He did it. He bought that practice. He is leading a successful team. He has a very successful practice. And Alex in his, you know, in the future of his career is going to own two hospitals and five hospitals and 10 hospitals. He just needed to believe in himself. I was asked by a group of veterinary students in the US one time, what is your definition of mentorship? 
And my definition is your mentor is somebody who believes in you before you believe in yourself. So if you believe in yourself and you're willing to put in the hard work, it is attainable. There is no greater opportunity for you to be your own boss, to improve your overall net worth than becoming a practice owner. It is one of the most greatest golden opportunities that has ever existed for anyone in the history of humanity. And honestly, there's never been a better time. Like, I think we are thinking about corporate consolidation and these amazing practice multiples and stuff like that with kind of a 2022 perspective. It's 2023 and things are fundamentally different. The whole game has changed and it changed last December when we had all of these venture capital funds, all this private equity completely pull out of investing in everything. The corporate consolidators slammed on the brakes. We're seeing corporate consolidators sell their practices. There's a few active ones out there, but like the big names that we all, you know, have been watching and love, like they're not fundraising anymore. There's no money left in the system. The like half of the corporate consolidators that were like cool and bougie that we were mm-hmm. all watching, like they're going to zero in the next 12 months as they run out of cash. The amount of practices that are one and two doctor practices that are for sale across the U.S. has never been higher for literally free. Like, yeah, it might not look like that there's practices for sale, but I guarantee you that if you went into your town, if you went into your city and you had coffee with every single practice owner that has a one or two doctor practice or three doctor practice or a practice that isn't appealing to NBA, you'll be able to buy that practice at a very, very, very attractive price. It is 100% possible because there's nobody left to buy those practices. Now, you have this generation of orphan veterinarians who nobody talked to for the last 10 years. That practice ownership was amazing. The old ways when I graduated was you went out into practice and you had two old white guys talking to you about the amazingness of practice ownership for three years, mentoring you into a leadership position financing your purchase of their shares. And that was the succession plan. And then all of a sudden, the golden goose egg popped into the ecosystem that was this private equity backed corporate consolidator, all those old guys stopped talking to the young veterinarians, because they didn't need them for succession anymore. And nobody has been talking to the young veterinarians that this is a great opportunity. And now that golden goose opportunity is now gone, like the train has left the station The whole corporate consolidation thing literally does not exist anymore. Practice evaluations have plummeted and the practices that are three doctors are left. There's nobody left to buy them. So like if you want to buy a practice in your city, go and talk to those old white guys and they're going to literally give you their practice for the cost. Like they'll be lucky if they can get 50 cents on the dollar for inventory. That happens all the time. The number of practices that comes across my desk where they're literally just for sale for the inventory that's on the shelf is astounding. 12,000 clients, you know, seven exam rooms, 5,000 square foot hospital. You could buy that business for nothing because the practice owners are tired and there's nobody left to buy them. Like there has never been a better time to become a practice owner. I swear to you. I feel like that is the good news we were all waiting for because I 
I kid you not, like since I've graduated, everyone has been like, don't go into practice ownership. You're not going to be able to buy a practice. You're in too much debt. You're not going to be able to afford it. It's just going to burn you out. And so we're all just kind of sitting there throwing our hands up in the air going, well, there goes that idea, guys. Um, but to have you sit here and be like, actually, no, now is your chance. Like that is the kind of fire underneath our seat that I feel like my generation of veterinarians need because we've literally just got it like literally gobsmacked been being like, hey, you guys can't own practices. Sorry, too bad. Yeah, you're the orphan generation that I'm talking yeah. about from like two years after I graduated, which was 13 years ago to right now. Nobody's been talking about it because it was pointless to talk about. You couldn't compete at a 22 multiple. You couldn't compete against NBA. No. You couldn't compete against doing these de novos against bond vet like you just could not do that but now you can't and the debt part like that's not even a consideration all the bankers would line up to give you guys a hundred percent financing to purchase these practices it's not going to cost you anything they don't care that you have a student loan they expect you to have a student loan so like that 200 300 400 000 is completely inconsequential to the banker they want to see that assessment. They want to see a business plan. They want to see that you've got, you know, fire and passion and that you've got a plan going forward. And the plan does not have to be complicated. It's running this practice, mm -hmm. right? We're going to gross average numbers. All of that is super, super attainable. Go onto my LinkedIn and look at Fenbit's business plan. I posted my business plan. Just copy, paste it and put in your own numbers and you'll get approval for a million dollars at a bank, $2 million at a bank. Like you're not even going to have to pay a payment on that for one or two years, depending on the deal that you get. So like, you'll get full financing, 100% financing to buy the practice of your dreams at a steal of a deal. Your student loan number looks cute. <laughs> That's a cute number. Oh, dear. I remember when I used to think that those were big numbers. But like, no, that's a cute number that like, and how quickly will you be able to pay it off? It, you'll pay it off so much faster as a practice owner than you will as an associate. So go yeah. do it. Do you want to do it? Are you? Is it hard? Sure. Is everything that's good in life hard? Yeah, absolutely. Is being part of a functioning family hard? Yeah. Is being a spouse hard? Yeah. Is being a parent hard? Yeah. Is being a vet student hard? Yeah. Is being a veterinarian hard? Yeah. If it was easy, then everybody would do it. Is it hard? Sure. Is it 100% attainable? 100%. Now, okay, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm watching our timer go down for our account for this episode. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we need to just literally just record a part two of this. Like, I cannot stop the conversation here. So if you're down for it, we're going to make a part two to this right here, right now. So if you guys, Let's if, do it. I'm yes, if you guys are listening to this, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait till next week to hear the second part. But Cody and I cannot just let this conversation lie. So we're going to say goodbye to you guys for this week and literally just wait till next week or if it's the following week, go back and listen to part one and then we're going to listen to part two. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What?, or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care.